When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, let's stir it up a little bit here. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Where could DK go? I've got a team to do it. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I am talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas has taken a step back, and Philadelphia, with the aforementioned A.J. Brown, could zoom right past him. Earlier on the show, 12-year NBA veteran Rex Chapman. Coming up, co-host of ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, Michael Wilbon, Jets defensive end Jermaine Johnson, Packers running back, Aaron Jones. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat with Rex Chapman in hour number one, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for anything that you may have missed. Be one of the now 425,000 subscribers to that page. Please do that. Just be careful. Uh, you can go down a wormhole with all the videos that keep popping up in that algorithm. Chris Brockman and uh, Mike Del Tufo in their spots. TJ Jefferson in his spot. Still to come on Hello, this program. Bro. Aaron Jones will join us at the end of this hour. Jermaine Johnson, a rookie, one of the three first-round rookies of the New York Jets. He will join us. He's on the practice field as we speak. It'll be a great chat with him when he joins us. Uh, but as always, um, we, uh, we, we have on this program whenever we can. Uh, one of my favorite humans on the planet. We we finally didn't lose to Pardon the Interruption as uh, best <laughs> studio show uh, daily. Yeah. Uh, but then the calls came within my other house, the NFL Network. That's they came from within that house. Um, but uh, PTI with this gentleman and uh, Tony Kornheiser is one of the best shows ESPN has ever put on the air. And I love his work uh, on the pregame, postgame, and halftime uh, with Greeny and Jalen Rose and uh, Stephen A., the great Michael Wilbon here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Michael? You're too kind, Rich. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm here in Boston okay. uh, recuperating from a late night after game three and ready for getting ready for game four tomorrow and listening to all the controversy between uh, the live golf people yes. at the PGA and, uh, you know, even when you have what you think is going to be a slow day in June, all of a sudden it's not so slow. So I'm, I'm here, uh, here in Boston, uh, walking around a, a beautiful city and uh, getting ready for that stuff. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump into it. Your impression of the NBA Finals through three games is what, Michael Wilbon? It's about like I thought, back and forth the way the way I hope it should be. I mean, you, you sort of hope the games were closer. Um, trying to figure out why, you know, the back and forth deals with the result. It doesn't deal with the action. And some of these big leads are growing and you wonder why that is the case. And people are hard-pressed to really explain why. Even Hall of Famers uh, who are on the scene watching these games and personally covering it. And, uh, but the back-and-forth nature of the result is what I expected. And I, I, I kind of expect that tomorrow. I expect the Warriors to come back and figure out a way to win unless Steph Curry is so hobbled that he can't help them at all. But even then, I expect the Warriors to win tomorrow, and I expect this thing to go back to San Francisco for Game Five, tied at two. And it, just based on on 
the Warriors habitually 24 straight series have won a game on the road. They're, they do have the hearts of a champion, so on and so forth, because the Celtics seem to have their number to me, Michael, with the exception of the second well, half of game two. You could you could say that they're, they're clearly a, a, a better comprised, younger team right now. Yeah, you can make that I mean, case. The Celtics got blitzing in, in the third quarter of Game One, and last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night the, the, the Warriors still came out and, and beat them pretty decisively in the third quarters, and, and the Warriors are the best third quarter team in the league. So we have we do have a longer lens from which to view that. Um, so I mean, younger, yes, um, physically stronger, I certainly would think so, but I don't know that that carries the day. Um, the Celtics also, they'll give you some stuff. They tried their best to give away game seven in Miami. Uh, last night, they're up whatever, 20 points, and, you know, Golden State comes back and takes a one-point lead in that game. So, I, you know, I haven't, I, I'm not at the point where I've seen a team sort of reveal itself as the better team. Not yet, not for me. Michael Wilbon here on the Rich Eisen Show. Michael, we had Rex Chapman on in the first hour, and I asked him uh, his thoughts on on Clay Thompson's comments about the Boston crowd using foul language and things of that nature. You know, think things that you absolutely would not hear from Clay, and um, he he read into it to say that Thompson um, isn't clearly yet the same player that he used to be, uh, and most likely will be again coming up this fall. And deep down knows. He might not have the uh, old Clay Thompson necessary to shut this crowd up, and that that may be part of the frustration level of him giving a comment like that. I wonder what you think. Michael. I, you know, Rex is one of my favorite people to talk to, and has been since he was, you know, just out of Kentucky a million years ago. Um, but th- those are separate things to me, or they can be. They they are. I mean, I, first of all, I agree with Rex's assessment that Clay made that. Clay said about about six weeks ago, it was right at the beginning of the playoffs, maybe at the end of the regular season, it might have been eight or nine weeks ago, that he was just getting his legs back, that he couldn't guard, he couldn't defend like he was accustomed to. And to me, that's to be expected. And there were a lot of people who said coming back in that Clay would need to get into that second season before he felt like himself again if he could get there. And I, that's that's one thing. I mean... What the crowd is saying, I'm not familiar with. I, I, look, look, I, I have a, like most people of my age who are of color, I have a complex relationship with Boston, <laughs> the Boston Garden, and the Boston Celtics fans. Very complex. Only place I've ever been called the N word, and it wasn't the N word that was used to my face in public, is in the Boston Garden, the old Boston Garden. So I know some of the nasty things they rich, and that. that that has nothing to do with performance. Those things are separate, um, and they are considerable. So there's Clay Thompson's ability to perform and whether he can get back to where he was. And then there is what is being said by some fans. I think it's a dec- I'm sure it's a decreasing number of fans compared to the 1980s or 70s or 60s. I'm sure it's a decreasing number. Um, and Boston is an evolving city. Um, but let's not pretend that everything said is just about sports where everything said is above the fray because it, it hasn't been historically again this is an evolving city the relationship is complex i enjoy walking around i enjoy boston in a way that i did not 35 years ago if i was here for a, a, a city um and so those are you know when, when people talk about what's being said unless they are willing to repeat it to you verbatim hmm. 
So we, we don't, I don't know what Clay was talking about in this case. I, I can find out. Because if I talk to Clay, he's going to tell me exactly what was said. Um, and I, I have not heard that sort of thing in recent years. I have not. Doesn't mean it's not being said. And again, I think it's decreasing. I think it has, I, I know there are people, there are fans who are self-policing. There are fans who have come up to me. I, I, I'm, in a, I'm sitting outside of Starbucks right now in Boston in a hotel that I'm staying. And I had a fan come up to me and he said, hey, I've heard you talk about this in the past. And he said, I'm one of those people that will shout folks down when I hear this. And I said, have you heard it? And he said, yes, I've heard it. This is a white guy that's like 30. And, it, you know, it's an interesting thing. And, and by the way, Boston is the only place where that happens uh, or has happened. Um, it is a place where it has sort of famously happened. But, um, you know, I'm not about to equate those two or connect those two. What was said to Clay Thompson is what was said to Clay Thompson, whatever that was. And, and Clay's ability or inability to get his game back is a completely separate topic to me. Michael Wilbon here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Draymond Green, we always talk about how the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, the little things, that leads to Warriors wins. Um, now those little things that don't show up on the stat sheets are all we're talking about because the Warriors are losing. I wonder what your thoughts on Draymond Green's first three games of this series and his well, we prospects had no are. Game last night, Rich, as you know. He had no game. Mm-hmm. He had one basket on a basically a backdoor you know, open Dunk, open dunk, wide open, not, not contested. He had no game. He had more. He, I think he was he had the same number of rebounds and points that he had fouls. I mean, he had no game. So they're not going to win this series with Draymond Green doing that. And I expect him to face up to that today. He did it last night. He criticized his own play, and it was worthy of criticism. I expect him to. This is what our days are for. You know, I, I've constantly started to tell, remind people that a sport with a series is not pro football. It's not. It's, it's a series. It digs and it zags and it goes back and forth. Mm. But we are so used to, as a culture, judging first and foremost the most popular form of sport entertainment we have in this country, which is pro football. We're, we're, we now think we can judge everything based on that model. And that's just, that would be dumb. Um, a series goes back and forth. And people don't have. You know, it's not determined by one great performance. It is not even determined by two or three great. Because people have bad performances, even the greatest players. I was reminded that by the GOAT not too long ago, by Michael Jordan, who said to me, you know, I had series with bad games. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And he said, yes, I did. And you were there for them. Go look them up. And so did Magic. And so did Larry. And so did LeBron. And so, you know, so, so people have bad series in, in, in the games when they even maybe win the MVP. So Draymond was terrible last night. He had no game. Do I expect him to be terrible tomorrow? No, I would bet against it that Draymond will be good, not tomorrow, but Friday. Mm-hmm. No, that is tomorrow. It <laughs> is. Even though a day it is, Rich. Well, you should be out in front of a Dunkin's, to be honest with you, instead of a Starbucks in Boston, Michael. Not to be very critical of you. Not to be critical of you, but I mean. That was nice and smooth. I like that. Um, so, but, Rich, I expect Draymond Green to be closer to I'm not going to say vintage, but I expect Draymond Green to have an impactful game tomorrow. And I expect for him to be back in the column of, you know, impactful players and not where he was last night, which was a waste of time. Now, whether he has, has you know, uh, distracted himself with some of this nonsense, I don't know. That's not like Draymond. Draymond can usually, he understands who he is. And he has to be a distraction to the other team. And he can be an annoyance in his own locker room when he's agitating guys to be better. 
I expect that Draymond Green tomorrow, not whatever we saw last night. Few minutes left with Michael Wilbon, ESPN's uh, Pardon the Interruption co-host with uh, our friend Mr. Tony, and also uh, along with Stephen A. Greeny and Jalen Rosen, a uh, little bit of magic uh, on the NBA uh, on ABC Finals coverage. So uh, let's get into the uh, live, if you will, versus the PGA Tour. Uh, the PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan sent out a, a note to all PGA Tour players today, basically saying anybody who plays on this tour is is suspended uh, from the PGA Tour. And I'll be honest, Michael, it it kind of feels like some of these college coaches who who are, are complaining about the NIL world that uh, is changing the landscape and will not be stopped. And I kind of get that feeling from this. Rich, I wonder I what you do. That's a great analogy. Um, Rich, if they have so much money, the Saudis have, if they're throwing so much money at this, so there's, a, there's at least one player who was in the NCAA championships last week who's now at Lyft. And so just, to, just let's, let's just do the math. I mean, Jay Moyer, it seems so tone deaf. It is. It's college football coach tone deaf. It is. So if you get $120,000 for finishing in last place and missing the cut, and you do that for six or seven weeks, and you're eight weeks, all eight weeks, you finish last every turn. That's a million dollars. You know what you make to finish in last and miss the cut every single week in eight weeks on the PGA Tour? You get nothing. So why would a 22-year-old be cowered by the PGA and Jay Moynihan? This is insane. This is insane. First of all, I don't see it standing a legal test at all. But even if it did, if, if one entity is offering you, and, and by the way, you're not going to finish last every week. Mm. Let's say you finish 23rd two weeks. And you're up in the seven, eight hundred thousand dollar range, and you mix that in. You just made two million dollars straight out of college, and the PGA you just made expensive, eighty thousand dollars for those weeks you finish whatever you did. Are you kidding me? This is money we're talking about, and, and people can call it blood money. That's not gonna. I don't think that resonates with people of a certain age, and I don't think it resonates with most golfers anyway. We're talking about a, a profession, a tour where everybody, no matter how much they make, including Tiger and Phil, beats to Florida, well, usually as soon as they can to avoid all form of taxation. So no matter if they make $100 million a year. So you're going to tell me that, let's just say, I, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, he's not an incidental character, Rich. I mean, he was making a lot of money as is on the PGA Tour, but he's going to make much more from the Saudis. So you mean to tell me all these guys are just going to straight up? I, I hear that a certain player has texted a picture of his bank account statement to other players who, who are not going to come. And they see that amount, which is more than $100 million rich. That's just guaranteed. And those guys are going to turn that down on that tour? There's no chance. So, so the interesting thing is with the tone deafness of what seems to be the you and me, and I'm, I'm with you, Charlie Duffin. Why would the other players stay away? What's going to keep them away? We're going to suspend you? Okay, fine. I'll go. I'll leave. What's going to keep them away from that tour? I don't know what the answer is, though, right? I mean, what do you, you turn to your television partners or your 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 partners in in um, in business, the sponsors, and say you got to come up with more scratch, otherwise we're, we're dead? But it's streaming, so they, they're going to match it? Are they going to come within 50%? Let, let, let's review. Dustin Johnson, if the, if, the, if the 
rumors, the reporting is accurate. We're talking $200 million. Who's going to come up with that? Nobody. On the peach, just, I mean, this is, <laughs> Nobody. this is money, right, that's right. And so, I mean, Workday, I mean, I, you know, I know some of the sponsors. I know some of the heads of those companies. Can they come up with that? Is the money unlimited? And so when you said, I don't have the answer, I don't either. But I, I, I don't see people just saying no to this kind of money. The, I mean, billions, billions, not a couple of billion, not a few billion, but tens of billions of dollars, if that reporting is accurate. So I, I, I just, and people, if they are streaming to this tour, first of all, it seems like maybe the PGA overplayed its hand. I mean, suppose the PGA, I know they didn't want to sit down with Greg Norman. They didn't want to, okay, but suppose they could have put this on, they could have done a partnership, and they could put this on in the fall. Because right now the PGA has decided not to contest against the NFL wisely. They've already kowtowed, right? They've already said we can't handle the NFL's money. So they're going to handle the Saudi's money. They don't come up, they, they ended their tour early, their season, so they don't have to deal with the NFL competitively in September, October, November. So why not just let the Saudi tour do that? Why not just figure out a way to partner? Okay, they didn't want to partner. Maybe they consider the human rights element of this too much and it overwhelms them. All right, but don't be holier than now about this. You can't then come and suspend. I don't, I don't believe that is going to withstand any legal challenge, none. And then you've got the practical matter of even if it did, What's going to keep those guys from going and saying, yes, I'll take your money? Michael, I appreciate the time, man. I, I, I always do. What, what's, your, what's your choice in Starbucks? What, do you, what, what, what have you been holding and sipping on throughout this conversation? Uh, what are we going hot to chocolate. I, I oh. have no, I, I, you know, oh. I, so I don't get my trouble, self in trouble while I'm in Boston where Duncan is a preferred choice of yes. every street corner in the city. Yes. I used to be a Duncan guy. I can't, I can't consume that kind of sugar anymore. So, so I'm not a, I ask people, what do you get when you, my friends, what do you get? Yeah. They start telling you about lattes with a spoonful of this and a, you know, pan, a pinch of that. I have no idea what any of that means, Rich. I'm old and old fashioned. And my father drank too much coffee and it smelled up the house in the morning, which I thought I liked when I was a kid. No. And so now I get hot chocolate and hope it doesn't run my blood Or maybe you're going to Starbucks for the money, right? You're leaving, you're leaving uh, <laughs> Duncan behind. There's no way to compete, right? Rich, There's no way to compete. Some sponsorship deal, it? That's it. You can't turn it down. Can't turn it down. Oh can't. my God, you're the best man. It's right back at you. Point. Right back at you. Great to great to chat with you. Say hi to say hi to Tony and Stephen A. and everyone else, Greeny. Thanks will, for the jail. Pass that along tomorrow. Please Keep do. Well. Please do. Take care of yourself, Michael. Thanks for the time. You go. That's uh, Michael Wilbon. Everybody, right here on the show. Love that guy. All right, let, let's talk about the, uh, the live tour it's, it's when crazy. we come back. Let's talk about it. Uh, I, again, I, I want to expand on the thoughts that I kind of just uh, uh, unpacked right there with Michael Wilbon. We'll talk about that because the tour is, uh, you're, you're kind of keeping an eye on it, right? I've been kind of watching since we got in this Okay, let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's hit that. Jermaine Johnson of the Jets joining us in 20 minutes, too. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, Jermaine Johnson of the Jets will be joining us shortly. Um, and I still I can't believe That's the Jets man. got him, man. <laughs> I, still believe I mean, think about it. Jets had an awesome draft. Yes, they did. Awesome draft. Yes, they did. First three picks. Yeah. And then they yeah. had Brees Hall right after that. Come on now. Um, so you're watching the Live Tour, Tour first event, right? I am. I've been kind of checking it out. And it's on YouTube. And... Uh, I- you know, this whole thing has been really fascinating to me throughout the months, kind of following along. It's over there in London, correct? And so yeah, the first, first in London. the first shots were fired, <laughs> if you will, on the golf course. And you're already seeing like different way of holding a golf tournament. Yeah. Again, shotgun start. What that means, and again, I know TJ, you're not much of a uh, a golfer. Um, have, you, have you ever played golf? Have you ever ever gotten out there and played golf? Mm-hmm. I'm an excellent putter, as Very you good. used to see at the <laughs> show. Very good. So, um, so on the PGA Tour, if the field is not insanely large, everybody starts on the first hole, one group at a time throughout the day, and yeah, so every ten minutes, right? And so, and so the entire event, the entire round, can take eight. 10, sometimes 12 hours, right? All day. Takes a long time. And you don't have a, a whole day to watch one entire round of golf. And it's also not covered because it's too long of a day. This, however, it's a shotgun start, meaning everybody starts at the same time just on all 18 holes. Somebody's starting on hole one, two, all the way through to 18. And so if you start on hole one, you play the entire course as it's intended to be laid out from one to 18. And others will start on 16 and make the turn, make two turns, right? <laughs> so make one turn, and then you'll make another turn on back on the back and finish on hole 15. 
So everybody plays, and you can watch an entire round of golf in about four hours. Yeah, it's great. Or four and a half. So it's more manageable that way. Yep. A little more consumable TV. And, right, and there's always a star on the course yep. making a shot. Let's go to 15. Well, there's one star. There's a, Let's go to 12. There's one star. Let's go to six. There's another star. Yep. And um, they're also, you know, rethinking, I guess, the way that you can hold a tournament where they played walk-up music for the players once they got to the tee. Is I, that what you're I saying? So, so there's the a video, first tee, there's a Yeah, so there's a video music? going around of Phil, and he's, they're, he's playing the OJ song, you know? Money, 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 money. Which is disgusting. I've got to be honest the, with you. It's like that, that's, that's too much in your face for me. Like, look, if you want to take the money from the Saudis, and, and, and there are people out there who are like, how can they do this? Would you, in your job, if somebody offered you $200 million, I mean, and, and that's not an exaggeration. That is not an exaggeration. Would you say no? I mean, seriously, look yourself in the mirror and say that, and you could sit there and say, you know what, to hell with you, Rich, for even supposing that. No, I wouldn't take it. And, and to salute, but don't put it in my face, like because I'm going to have to put my conscience away just to, just to find you on the internet. Okay, to stream Again, that it. That was from the Shooter McGavin account, so someone might have done. Oh, some they might have done that instead. Might have done some editing, but it. it oh, you can kind of okay. hear the cheering and the wind in the background, so I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not. Well, sure. you should have told me that before I went in on a on a on a, on a, on a take. But I mean, if if they did do that, then yeah, then that's way too much. If they didn't, then my apologies. But that is that is I'm also touching upon the. The fault line of this thing but it is, is a cool idea to is, kind of shake it up is, and have some walk ta- yeah, is funny. taking the Saudis' money, right? So, the PGA Tour waited till somebody took a single till, till the till the shotgun start started over in London to send out a statement and an email. To all members of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, sent out a missive to say anybody who plays on this tour, anybody who plays and takes a shot on this tour is suspended. No longer eligible to, p- to participate in PGA Tournament play, including the President's Cup. And so anybody who has uh, resigned from the membership, you're out. In accordance with PGA Tour tournament relations regulations, the players who have resigned their memberships will re- be removed from the FedEx Cup points list when the official statistics following the Canadian Open that goes this week for the PGA Tour are posted on Sunday evening. To be clear, these players will not be permitted to play in PGA Tour tournaments as a non-member via a sponsor exemption or any other eligibility category. So there's no loopholes. For those who haven't yet resigned, we will ensure they will not negatively impact your tournament eligibility, your position in the priority rankings, or your eligibility to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs. We'll update you as we work through this process. So if you haven't resigned, the door, I guess, is still open. That's the way they're handling it. And it seems to me, again, I mentioned this to Michael Wilbon, this has the whiff of anybody who's railing against NIL in college football. I told you, the minute that that door opened... It's coming. Players are going to get money 
And the only way to fix it is just to organize it and unionize it and turn it into a professional sports league. That's the way it's going to come. That's the way it's going to go. That's the way it's going. And anybody who says we need to keep the system as it currently is and trying to fix NIL, you're just spitting in the wind. And the way this looks, because the Saudis, as Kevin Van Valkenburg of ESPN, who came on yesterday's show, pointed out, they don't care how, how much this costs. They're pumping oil. Yeah, there's no business uh, so model. If they lose money, it's it so doesn't what? matter. And so and and tens, if not hundred billion dollars, is being tens of billions, if not a hundred billion, is on the table yeah. to just dispense over the years. Whatever budget it is, it's unlimited. They don't care. So the PGA Tour is not going to. They're not going to be able to compete with this. The only way that I see the PGA Tour being able to continue doing the business that they're doing and and um, excommunicate those who have resigned their tour memberships, the only way that they can continue on with the business as usual is if the... Folks who run the Masters say, you, you're you out from us too. Because with all due respect to these great tournaments of the PGA Tour and all the people who have aspired to get their tour cards and the way that we've done business over the last decades of watching players su- compete and succeed in the PGA Tour, uh, I, I mean, I, I think these players can do without grinding it out on the PGA Tour to go to this event and that event, the, the, the non-majors. And they can, they can do without it if they go to the Live Tour, which, by the way, I found interesting that Jay Monahan referred to as the Saudi Golf League. Yep. And so... Not an accident. Saudi Golf <laughs> League is how he referred to it. Um, and so I think these players, if they go to that tour, can do without going to, again, with all due respect, the Canadian Open, got, I'm sorry to say it, the Memorial, you know, all of these places, of these you know, yeah, the absolutely. LA Open or the Genesis, whatever it's called, they totally. could do without it. Totally. But what they cannot do without is that green jacket. And if the, ma- I'm, I, my eyes are trained right on Augusta National. If Augusta National comes out and says anybody who's resigned there there from the uh, uh, PGA Tour, you can't come here either. There's no green jacket for you. You think Sergio's going to scramble? You think Dustin Johnson's going to scramble to get that tour card back? Or can they look at the Masters and say, "I don't have to play at Augusta National anymore"? Really, really? Maybe the Royal and Ancients got to chime in. The USG already said that they're you know they're going to be at the U.S. Open. Go for it. And that's what I'm so, really curious about because, you know, Phil's taken such a huge hit. You know, publicly, we saw him for the first time now in four months. Uh, he's arguably the second most popular golfer ever, uh, or certainly of his era. How is he going to be received next week at the U.S. Open by fans? Uh, I, I, and he's going to have to face the music from the press. It's going to be really interesting to me. What, what, what fans are, are fans really going to tell him? You know, I, I think it's terrible that you, you took Saudi Arabia money. I think it's possible. I think there's a very small percentage I think of people so that too. would say that, but it's possible. And I think that's one that, that clearly the PGA Tour did 
did not think the live folks could pull off damn near 50 players of an incredible caliber, but they also probably didn't see tens of billions of dollars being allocated. You can't compete with that. There's no other entity on the planet that is an business organization or a sponsor or a television network that's going to commit that sort of money to golf. I mean, the NFL just got a hundred billion dollars worth of commitments, television contracts over a 10 year period, not like one year to just flood the zone. That's why I think it's just like the NIL. The NIL has flooded the zone, man, in college football. And the NCAA and every single one of these conferences have been caught flat-footed. They don't know how to deal with it. They're trying to deal with it on the, on the fly. That's why they're going to just band together and figure it out on their own how to deal with that issue with a select group of universities. That is coming. In the same way that this live tour, Saudi Golf League, as the PGA Tour refers to it, it's coming. It's here. Yeah, so so the money, Rich, so the Canadian Open, pretty big event on the PGA Tour schedule, has an $8.7 million purse. That's a lot for the PGA Tour. This first event for the live is a $25 million purse. And everybody gets paid. Everyone gets paid. No matter where you finish. One through 48, all get paid. There's no cut. No cut. You're not cut and you get nothing and see you next week. So, again, what's the downside to this? Well, the downside is you're taking Saudi Arabia money. Where the money's coming from. Yeah, but, again, we talk about that small percentage. Most people don't really understand or know what's going on in this world. Right. If that stuff matters to you, then you're not going to do it. But if it doesn't. So it appears to be that if you haven't resigned your tour card, that you you could come off of playing this this live tour event and what, and go to next week's PGA Tour. Well, that's the U.S. Open next week. Whenever the next PGA Tour event is. That's what it looks like to me. But if you've resigned your tour card, see you later. Yeah. You're not getting it back. I don't know how that plan's going to work unless Augusta National comes in and backs the play. Oof. Then you're now looking at these pl- these players are going to have to change their way of some legacy plays, right? I, I think they probably think, I'll take the Saudi money. No. I mean, how about Will Bond saying that there was a player, there was a player that he knows of who who texted a photograph of his bank account of the zeros that have hit his bank account to those players who have stuck with the PGA Tour, and so wow. you know. That, it's like that GIF, poor people coming yeah. through. <laughs> I had to money know? this poor people <laughs> running. <laughs> if it was bad. only that funny. It's, it's, you know, I mean, uh, so so that's what, that's what I'm saying. That So I, I bet you these players think, I'll take that money. I'll travel the world. I'll play in these events with some great people. At some point, people, you know, it'll be much more visible. I don't care how visible it is. The only thing I need to vi- vi- view is my bank account yeah, growing larger. But, and then when the majors come around, I'll play in that. But what if the most, most important major, the people who run that say, we are part of the PGA Tour. We're part of the tradition unlike any other, which is the PGA Tour. Bye-bye. We talk about tradition here. We're traditionalists. See ya. Would not want to be a. Green jacket's not for you. That's the, to me, my eyes are trained right on the green jacket folks in Augusta. What are they going to do? And they don't have to say, I mean, they don't have to say anything for a long time, right? No, we got, no, they, they got have to make, time. they got I mean, some time. They got, they like can have, said, they can have a ton of committee meetings before like you, figuring like out. Mentioned, I mean, the RNA is coming up in about six weeks. So we're going to find out if they, these guys are playing in the open. 
And Chris, like you this said to me pre-show world, about this, like you take a guy, not a very top golfer, they're going to give him that much money, yeah. and this guy's going to think, how hard would it be for me to make this on my own yeah. in the PGA Tour? So it might be worth the fact that you never get a green well, jacket I mean, some because of these... how are you getting $20 million? Well, no, the green jacket, come on now. Unless you just say you don't care about any part about what golf has been like beforehand. The green jacket's a different story. That's a totally I get it, different but $20 million, ball of twenty five million dollars for I get some it. of these people is like I don't know. That's more than life changing. Or that's, they already got their money. Well, yeah, I'm saying depending that's upon bank. what do you think? Do you do you think this well, I guess the Saudis can come for whatever receipts they want. Who'd yeah. you bring up to me, Brotman <laughs> Kepka's brother? I mean Kepka's brother is kind of yeah, he's never going to oh, make look, twenty-five million. Again, on the I'm tour. just staring. I'm, I'm staring at Augusta National. That's the way I'm looking at it. Let's take a break. Jermaine Johnson will be joining us next from the New York Jets. <laughs> Rich yes. is so excited. Can't play. You can't spell Jets without a J, and he's got two of them. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the Terrestrial Radio Outfit, I'm on the phone with Jermaine Johnson, their Mercedes-Benz Vance phone line, New York Jet, going through draft night. So, w- last one for you on, on, on the wait. Uh, why do you think you dropped? What were you told as to why you think you dropped all the way down at 26 I, in this draft? I have no idea. And None. And to be quite honest, I haven't, I haven't asked anyone because um, <laughs> I just simply don't care. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to lie. I really don't care. Right. Like, I'm, I'm extremely happy where I ended up, and that's yes. not just a – know a, a pr answer or whatever but like to be honest i'm surrounded by great players i'm surrounded by great teammates the staff's awesome and my vets in my room like i got to give a shout out to the vets in my room because not every room's like that they're helping me every every way they can you know they're they're teaching me the ropes and they're just you know they believe in me as well so you know i'm extremely happy with how everything's playing out and i love the state of jersey i love the state of new york and you know it's, it's kind of right up my alley so I'm, I'm very happy well you know i'm 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 you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Jermaine, but I'm I'm from Staten Island, New York, and I have been rooting for the Jets. I've been rooting for the New York Jets ever since I was six years old. I mean, so you don't need to sell me on all of that. I mean, that that I believe you, and I I couldn't believe it. I, I honestly couldn't believe that the Jets were able to get uh, two blue chip players and then get a third in the first round of the draft. Who was the guy who called you? Who who when you your phone rang and you might have seen like a. What a two hundred one area code or, or uh, any other area code associated with New Jersey. Who, who's that guy for you? Uh, who, called? Oh, who, who called me on draft yeah. night? Who, yeah. who I spoke to first? Yeah. Um, it's hard to remember because I spoke to everybody. <laughs> um, I spoke to literally everybody in that room. Uh, I, I, if I want to remember right, I want to say uh, Rex was the first one I spoke to. Uh, but then after that, obviously Joe Kosala, and um, 
you know, everyone else. It was just going on. Like, I was almost late to walking up to the podium. I was like, I got to go. I got to go. And it was a long uh, walk, too. That was, a, was, that was one of the longest walks I've ever seen any draftees be have to make of a draft. That was a no, long it, walk. No, it definitely was. Uh, you know, I almost hit the fat man trot over. I didn't want to be late to the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine Johnson here on the Rich Eisen show. All right, so and uh, let's let's dive into this because you know um, you you mentioned uh, that it wasn't a long wait for you on draft night because you've had a long journey. Let's start with that. Let's talk about that. Where where is right. Independence Community College, Jermaine? Where is that? <laughs> Look, I had no idea uh, before I went there. You know that that was even a place. Uh, but it's in the southeast corner of Kansas, like an hour outside of the uh, Oklahoma border. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a town of I think six to nine thousand, maybe less. And, um, and how did how did you wind up there? How did you wind up there? So my first couple of years of high school, you know, I, I didn't really handle business, and then the last couple of years I tried to combat that, and uh, you know I really wasn't able to upset that. I, I could have went and gray shirted a couple different schools. But, you know, my junior college coach, Coach Jason Brown, called me, and he said, look, if you just come here for 18 months, you'll be able to go wherever you want. And, I mean, essentially that's what happened. And I was able to go wherever I wanted. And you went from there to Georgia and then Florida State is where you finally wound up, right? Correct. Okay. And so uh, what, what, what uh, untapped potential did you tap into at Florida State that you feel – you know, you can unleash into the National Football League, Jermaine Johnson. I was just, I was just cut loose, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I feel that the, really the biggest change in my game uh, from Georgia to Florida State was, was being cut loose and gaining more confidence because I knew I had my teammates relying on me that much more because I'm out there so much. Um, so just, just getting all the reps I did and, and able to build confidence in myself every week that went by. You know, I just became a better player every week that went by because, you know, now I'm out there rolling. You know, I'm out there trying to make plays for my team. And uh, I think that's pretty much what it was, was being cut loose and, and, and showing myself that, you know, I am what I think I am. And did you have any visits with the Jets before the draft, Jeremy? I did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, they were one of my top 30 visits, and it was so seamless. Uh, it was like I was already on the roster, to be quite honest. And then, like, prior to that, you know, I was like, you know, New Jersey, New York, it doesn't really sound that, you know, appealing, but then I get here and I get surrounded by, like, all the amazing people, like, I swear. And then we're just hitting it off, and, and it, it was awesome. So, um, like, I went to the Senior Bowl, and I wasn't able to actually get with them because I, I left early. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was never able to be around, you know, the staff. And then once I got around everybody, I was like, man, this place is awesome. It's definitely on the up and up, and, I, and I'm glad I can just help with that. And so what did you tell um... – Robert Sala, what's your conversations been with your your HC? Who who uh, I think he'll know what to do to unleash you in the same way that uh, you talked about being able to play free at Florida State. Are you saying you say now? Or yeah, talk me like now, like when you're talking. You're you're at OTAs. You're in these meeting rooms. You're now a professional football player. You're ready to go hunt Mac Jones and and uh, Josh Allen and Tua Tungo Vailoa on behalf of the New York Jets in a division you care to win. Man, you're so right about that. I'm definitely excited for that. But you know, I'm a big family guy, team guy. Like no lie. So I'm keeping the main thing the main thing, and I'm just gonna do everything I can that the team asks of me to to help them to help put the team in a better position to win. So, I mean, if that looks like playing special teams, I'll do that. If that looks like coming in on third down, I'll do that. If that looks like starting, whatever, I'll do that. It's just whatever role 
you know, they want to throw at me, I'm going I'm to eat it up and I'm going to have fun with it. Yeah, and then you're talking about the vets in your room. I mean, there are some people who are, who are you know, vets, but who have something to prove as well coming back from injury, right. like Vinnie Curry and Carl Lawson. You've got John Franklin right. Meyer sitting there. you got a kid in Quinn and Williams who's got a, a top five pick designation as well for him, ready to roll. What's it like in that room for you and for uh, for the Jets, Jermaine? <laughs> Man, it's awesome. I'm not going to lie. Every day it's extremely competitive, but it's not competitive in a way that to, to where we're like, nah, we're not going to help each other so that we get the upper hand. It's literally like, you know, we're going to get the best out of each other and then compete against the best we just got out of one another. So it's just, I mean, the, the competition level keeps rising. You know, the accountability is there. I mean, it's literally just everything's on the up and up, you know, from, from my point of view. And obviously I'm a rookie. I don't know that much, but we're having a great time and, and we're working our butts off. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure, again, you've met your fellow rookies. Uh, tell me about your first impression of Sauce Gardner, Jermaine. I think I'm not gonna lie. Me, me and Sauce click right away. Um, I mean, we we hang out all the time, and and he's a hard worker, and you know, uh, he knows that it's bigger than just making plays on the field as, as well as myself. So, I mean, we're kind of on the same level on just trying to go out there and, and just lead by example. You know, just be be seen and not really heard at the moment. You know, you got to earn that. Like I like I said, we're rookies, so I mean, we gotta we gotta earn our stripes and stuff like that. And I mean, he just has a humble mindset, but he, he's confident in in, in in his abilities like myself so you know, I, I think he's a great player so are you carrying bags you doing grunt work in your first uh, OTAs are you doing stuff like that of course man I'm carrying helmets uh, whatever whatever the vets want me to do bring snacks, um, snacks. you know, you know they're, they can't wait till the rookie dinner <laughs> I'm sure but uh, I mean but but I'm not gonna lie like I said I, I was blessed with great vets because they're not they're not doing me as bad as I'm sure some other places are but uh, they're definitely, you know, giving me, you know, a little bit of a runaround, but that's part of it. It's almost like a right of basket, so I feel honored. Well, to you, to, you, know, you, go some you also know what a good offense looks like uh, from your point of view. What can you tell anybody in uh, Jet fandom about what Zach Wilson and the offense you're going against in practice looks like, Jermaine? Man, Zach can Zach can whip it. I'm not gonna lie, he 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 can uh, put that ball pretty much anywhere on the field. And, um, you know, like I said, O-line, D-line, we kind of don't get that much uh, team opportunity. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just we're just in indie most of the time. But when, when we are doing those team reps, uh, they, they look smooth. Uh, Zach looks smooth. He looks more confident in everything. So, I mean, everything I'm hearing is, is you know, everything's on the up and up from my point of view. All right, Jermaine Johnson, I'm going to leave this interview by asking you a question I asked of Sauce Gardner before the Jets drafted him. Um, all of us in the Jets fan base, honestly, it's been, uh, I'm a 50, I'm about to turn 53 years old. I know exactly how long the Jets have been, uh, have, have, how long it's been since the Jets won a Super Bowl because it's my exact age. I was born the year Joe Namath won one for the Jets. And the phrase that Jets right. fans and so many people use when things don't go well, more often than not, is it's same old Jets. How are you going to approach erasing that sensibility and sense? Same old Jets. Jermaine Johnson. I mean, uh, every year is a new year. You know, every year is a new team. Uh, you've seen what the Bengals did. Um, so I'm just, you know, one thing about this building is we're not scared of expectation, you know, especially in the defense room. That's something we talk about. You know, we're not scared of expectation. So um, just going into it, knowing, you know, you know what, what bad luck, what bad juju. We, we're, we, we have, we're building a new identity. So um, that's how I'm approaching it. And that's how everyone is approaching it. And, you know, we're building, you know, something great here. And it's definitely not hanging, hanging on our backs at all. You know, we're, 
we have you know we have you know high goals and we have we have every intention on hitting those goals. Jermaine Johnson, let's do this more often. It's a pleasure to meet you here. You go do that thing. You go. Yes, sir. Hey, I got you. I got you. Okay, I will take that to the bank. Rich, I'm wondering what what kind of snacks do the Jets? Yeah, what yeah what what snacks are you being asked to 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 tote around? What snacks? What snacks? Yeah, what are you being asked to grab? You said you're grabbing snacks for the veterans. What, what, what's happening? What, yeah, what's they're, building, they're building a shopping list now, and I'm sure there's going to be tedious things. There's going to be tedious things that only one store has in New Jersey. I'm sure we got to find, but no, it's all good. I, I'm up for all of it. So it's like a treasure hunt for snacks? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like a, That's a good thing. Is that what it is? By the way. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be just, hey, go to Walmart and get some chips. It's going to be go to... You know, find truffles in a glass jar, and you know if you bring truffles back in a plastic bag, you know, good luck. So you, you gotta okay. you gotta get it exactly right. So. Okay, so when you when you're when you're being placed onto such a a, a honeydew, if you will, list, uh, do us a favor, take a photograph of that snack that you were had to go travel all over New Jersey to go get, and uh, at Rich Eisen Show when you do that and post it. Okay. Jermaine? All right. All right. I, I got you. When I find out what it is, I got you. Very good. At Rich Eisen Show. Thank you for the call, Jermaine. You be well. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. You got it. Jermaine Johnson II, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, I like him, man. Another one I like, too. <laughs> I like him. Aaron Jones, one of our favorites from the Packers, will join us in hour number three here on the show. Okay. We just hung up with Jermaine Johnson II. <laughs> And he wasn't supposed to be on the Jets. I mean, no, look, definitely not. I was pounding the table for sauce. You know, I wanted sauce. I said, I want that's going to be a planet sauce. Yeah, you wanted all the sauce. I wanted all of it. I spoke it into existence. You really did. You know, I spoke it into you existence. You manifested it, Rich. You know what? I, I'll give myself the credit, even yeah. though apparently the Jets were all over him from well, the beginning. Yeah, it's well, just, well, and it makes sense. They, after you started, they uh, were. Yeah. yeah. And then at 10. Could have gotten Jermaine Johnson there, but at that point in time, you're going to go get Garrett Wilson for Zach Wilson. And then you get Jermaine Johnson the second. And we haven't spoken to Garrett since he became a Jet. We well, did speak not. to him beforehand, yeah. right? Yep. When I did, I tell him, you know, I don't know, it came up about uh, that we were his daddy or something like that, Michigan? <laughs> you did say okay, that. I did say that to him. You were very aggressive. I was aggressive, and he was fun and funny about it until that kind of got his hackles up. We heard Liz scream from the back when you said that. Three <laughs> New York Jets. Three Jets. Three of them. In the first round. Bring me Brees Hall. I bet you he's the same attitude, smart, head screwed on straight, He's the big picture. Oh, Didn't care where he got drafted. I am so fired up. Thank goodness we're at the end of this hour that I'm not now going to turn to the schedule and play the win-loss game for the Jets because it'd be 17-0. and 0. <laughs> I'm fine. Let's do it. I'm part of the flight crew right now. J-E-T-S. We got less than a minute to go till the so-called hard out of this hour. Just, uh, just to shorthand it, 17-0. Just give us the first eight games. 17-0. <laughs> that's the toughest. I mean, look at that. Jeez. There's some quarterbacks to go hunt, man. I mean, it could, Lamar, could Look be who's o- on the list. Lamar. Legit could be 0-8. Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson. Josh Allen are all some of the first quarterbacks. Sauce Gardner is going to be asked 
to hold down the secondary against, and Jermaine Johnson's going to be asked to go rush. I mean, Mac Jones, show some respect. Okay, Mac Jones, too. Uh, you know, you got enough Celtics Boston <laughs> pride right over there. Back off, Duncan boy. Hey, how are you going to leave Jacoby Brissett out of that uh, thing? You can do all that. <laughs> Stop avoiding the point. That's the one win. 17-0. Let's go. Change the culture, new Jets.